We are live, JW Megawake Show. I am your host, the Candyman. And today, we have a special guest. Please welcome to the show, the Bard of the Lower Hate, Clyde Always. Hey, hey, how's it going, Candyman? Oh wow, what a what an amazing start to the year to have you here. Really? Start the decade, yeah. It's been a hell of a year, yeah. Yeah. Rolling into the Roaring Twenties, part two. Yeah. How did you get here? Did you did you drive? Did you walk? I took the 22 bus from the Lower Hate nice. over to the Mission, yeah, and then walked a uh, street shot down Bryant, and made a beeline for the uh, liquor store and picked up a five-hour energy, so I am you know, juiced, buddy. Ooh, I'm excited to be here. That adrenaline, I could feel it. Yeah, me too. Taking over the room. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. I, gosh, I remember the first time I met you. Yeah? yeah? When was that? It was in the Lower Hate. Okay. It was in the back in, was it 2017? It was that long ago now, huh? Yeah, I remember Holy I saw shit. Haley the ukulele oh, yeah. first before I'd seen you. And All I was right. Like, wow. You know when you meet someone, you just, you know you're going to click with someone. Yeah, you know? I know what you mean. I've yeah. been there. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. So how long have you, I know that, gosh, you're doing so many things. I yeah. feel like just, yeah. I'm a workaholic. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't like stop. That's the life of an artist here in San Francisco. Yeah. So that's, like, yeah. that's right. Yeah. Can't help it. But yeah, um, I've been hosting Cafe International open mic since 2014. So it'll, this, uh, I'm going into my sixth year. Wow. As host and MC and ringleader of the weekly variety vaudeville style open mic showcase, a.k.a. the Clyde Always Show with me, your happy host, Clyde Always. <laughs> Bar to the lower hate. 2014, I think Barack Obama was still president. Yeah, we still had that guy. There was a lot of good stuff going on in 2014. We didn't have, it, 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 gay marriage wasn't even a thing in 2014. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Wow. It's been, yeah, it's been a wild ride, hasn't it? It has. It's been a wild. But wild. the twenty teens are now kaput, and we're yeah. It's the twenty twenties, man. It's the future. Yeah, it's interesting. We got know. robots, man. <laughs> Artificial <laughs> intelligence. Well, yeah, I guess that's true. It's funny though now because I'm definitely like in the in the present, but it's referring to the past decade as the tens. Yeah. For some reason, it just seems kind of funny to yeah, me. Yeah, I dig. <laughs> the aughts and the tens and the teens. Yeah, yeah, I dig. But now it'll be a little more straightforward. Twenties, thirties, forties, fifties. Etc. Etc. Till twenty one hundred. Yeah. Then we're what? Twenties. Yeah. I feel like right. there's so many things like with going on. I mean, being an artist and in San Francisco and everything else that's happening around us with tech and mm -hmm. and and real estate. Yeah. And it's just like wow. Right. You know, and you're just in, you know. Yeah. You're a man that, or you're mm -hmm. a person that wears many hats. I feel like yeah. to just say that you host the open mic is just like. <laughs> you, yeah, yeah, I, I can be more specific. Yeah, yeah. You right. have a YouTube channel, so, now, you said. Yeah, I am a cartoonist, poet, painter, novelist, and an all-American vaudevillian storyteller. So that's how I'd bill myself. Um, but yeah, to, to touch on that, that's an important subject. That's a big opportunity for a plug, actually, because debuting January fifteenth is my new YouTube series called Clyde's Guide to San Francisco, and. Uh, it was born from this idea that I said, you know, I, I always knew that I had the capacity to be a YouTuber. I always wanted to be a YouTuber, you know, for the last few years anyway. And um, I was thinking, what's... Because that's to say that maybe somebody in uh, Keokuk, Iowa, who's never heard of Clyde Always, would, would be quick to scroll on past a thumbnail of Clyde Always telling a tall tale. But 
what's something that people the world over know that I know very well, that's San Francisco. So I said to myself, well, that's a great opportunity to tell tall tales. And by tall tales, I mean, you know, hooey, malarkey, however you want to slice it. But it's a whole bunch of shots of me on location in different uh, neighborhoods and um, areas, different corners of the city. Um, just riffing about it. And I've got a great um, cameraman slash video editor by the name of Frank Youngman IV. So he and I are embarking on this uh, joint venture to bring into the world this, uh, I don't know, it could be uh, 100, 150, I don't know, maybe 1,000 episodes. Is there any limit to the amount of uh, ways you could dissect San Francisco into different segments for uh, YouTube videos? I don't know. That sounds but, really fun. But we're starting with the big ones. We start like our first seven episodes are um, riding the cable car. That's our debut episode, how to ride the cable car. Um, the Castro, Haight-Ashbury, Golden Gate Bridge, Union Square, The Mission, and don't tell me what's the last one. It'll hit me in like 20 minutes and I'll shout it out. But yeah, yeah. so we've got, yeah, we've got seven episodes ready to go. We're going out doing some more on location filming pretty soon here so i can't imagine great. i mean like because you I mean because you have tourists and you have people all over the world i guess listening in this and you know the cable car i feel like it's such a signature yeah. thing it's such a great way to start but i could see like you mentioned mm-hmm. a thousand episodes oh yeah i can imagine you know there being like a a pirates of the caribbean we could do theme for a tenderloin whatever you want of, yeah we could do um you know, we were talking about it. We could, we could even break it down. We could so we could do individual uh, taquerias. We could say this place has the best au pastor, you know, in the whole city or, um, you know, different pizza parlors or even just little, um, you know, everybody would recognize the Golden Gate Bridge or say uh, Alamo Square, you know, on site. But maybe they don't know about, uh, oh, say the, uh, the, the, the Bison Corral over at the Golden Gate Park. You know, that could be a whole episode just riffing on that. So. In either case, yeah, there's lots to work with, and we're just starting off on it, but we're trying to, uh, you know, get a following, because I think that would be good. And I, and it's a funny show. It seems it's a like, ton of fun. It seems like a really great idea. Well, thanks. Yeah, so uh, funny, I was going to tell you, so I set my car up. Mm-hmm. So I know you have the we have you have the open mic tonight. Yes. That we're going to go to after this. So That's right. I set my car up as a mobile podcast. Nice. So we could we could cruise over to the cafe and have a, it could be an extension man you were a whiz kid you know that you know what you're doing <laughs> <laughs> we'll see i don't know i got a sign on the top that lights up all right and then um you know i figured you know streaming it from something like instagram or facebook live just with the things the way that things are going how we mentioned it's just like you're an artist yeah you know and you, you I feel like, you know, having a YouTube channel makes sense because people could access that everywhere. Right. And, um, and so oh, I Facebook live and yeah. those types of things, even though I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not pro tech, I'm not anti tech, but I feel like that's an easier, easy way to stream it. Uh, yeah. You know, I, and I, it's accessible. I can, I can uh, elaborate on that, but I would say that, yeah, I mean, we live as artists, I think we live in the best possible time and that. I can publish my website just that quick. And now all of a sudden it's available to a universal audience. So the potential for, um, for the greatest possible reach is it's, I mean, it's never been greater than it is right now. I mean, it's akin to, uh, when Gutenberg made the printing press, you know, all of a sudden there's all of this information out there and all of these, uh, venues and, and avenues whereby somebody who wouldn't have seen it coming could all of a sudden be exposed to, 
the art of the candy man or the art of Clyde always and be <laughs> and be moved yeah and tell their friends about it so that's that's good I was a Luddite for so many years I didn't want to touch technology I didn't want to get a Facebook or any of that and then uh Little by little, I realized that I was being foolish in that conviction and that I ought to do a whole 180 on that thing. And, and I have and I'm ready for it, man. I keep thinking about people like Buster Keaton or, uh, you know, um, in, in that uh, they got their start on vaudeville on the vaudeville stage, which is, you know, what my act is kind of based on are those old vaudeville acts. And and uh, and people like it. I like to think anyway. I like doing it anyway. Yeah, but they must have seen these uh, moving pictures coming along, and maybe it would have been their initial reaction to be like, mm, "Yeah, I'd rather just do all my stuff on the stage." But then, lo and behold, that's that's the wave of the future. Moving pictures killed vaudeville, you could say, on television and the radio, all of that stuff. It brought entertainment direct to the viewer. Yeah. So that's good. Yeah. Imagine, you know, just uh -huh. looking back on time. Change is good. Just like in the 50s when the mm -hmm. when the the television came out. Yeah. And how much that changed everything and it just seems to be more than a coincidence that's right around the time when rock and roll right came around. Oh yeah. And then it's tumultuous times the yeah. 1950s, yeah. Yeah. Would you like to tell a tale? Sure, I could tell a tale. Um <laughs> All right, I, this is for all the dog lovers out there. I've got a little story. And this is actually from my uh, my second latest uh, chapbook or zine or uh, hand-printed um, pamphlet of poetry and, and tall tales called Unmuzzled Monkey Shines. And if you would like a copy, all you need to do is go to www.clydealways.com. That's clydealways.com. Clyde as in Bonnie and Clyde, always as in I'll always be Clyde always, ClydeAlways.com for all of your Clyde always needs. Okay. The fetchinest dog in the West. On a sparkling Saturday morning it was, at the park in the town by the bay. That's where hundreds of hipsters and hounds were abuzz, saying shucks. What a fetcherous day. It was fetch they were playing, but not did they care as they lazily shuffled their paws. Any frisbee that flew would fall out of the air and would dangle from slobbering jaws. But the winds seemed to shift when two strangers appeared and the crowd went abruptly alert. With this deafening silence, a path then they cleared, making way for Georgina and Gert. Now Georgina, the human, a gambling gal, she extracted a wad from her vest. Fifty bucks, says, she uttered, while stroking her pal. Gert's the fetchinest betch in the West. Such uproarious laughter went all through the park, every collie retriever in pit. Plus their masters were snickering, some heard to bark. Oh, that squirt probably couldn't fetch shit. But Georgina, she didn't back down on her bet, which some challengers offered to call. But they barely had time to say ready or set before. Gertie was back with the ball. All right, double or nothing, the challengers cried as they added more bread to the pot. Betcha Pooch couldn't wrangle one hard as she tried if it out of a cannon was shot. So they wheeled out a big iron gun to the grass and then covered their ears to the sound. And kaboom went the cannon and Gertie hauled ass and she fetched up that 20 pound round. Now, Georgina, she didn't get cocky or brash when that cannonball fell at her feet. She just humbly reached out to scoop up her cash after tossing old Gertie a treat. But... 
Then came a wager too rich to believe from this billionaire scientist guy. He insisted that Gertie could never retrieve a big rocket from out of the sky. But Georgina defiantly told him, you're on. Little Gertie had started to drool as a launch pad was swiftly prepared on the lawn and the spacecraft was loaded with fuel. All the crowd counted down as the ground seemed to shake and they gawked with their peepers agog. When that rocket took flight, but their right in its wake rose that fetching, indomitable dogs. Crappy Gertie, she chased it clear over the sun. In a minute, they'd flown out of sight, and the scientist started to brag that he'd won after waiting two days and a night, but Georgina just scowled and smirked at this crook. It was bold how she deigned not to speak, as she'd secretly started to feel a bit shook after waiting the rest of the week. Oh, but... Then suddenly rang out this howling gale to the cheers of the folks underneath. There was Gertie descending and wagging her tail with that rocket crushed up in her teeth. The end. That was so funny. Thanks, buddy. (laughs) Very entertaining. That was a doozy, yeah. There it is. Yeah. Thank you. The Bard of the Lower Hate here live. Muniradio.fm. There it is. Gosh. That was fun, man. Thanks for uh, letting me recite here on the old sh- on the old radio oh, show. Oh yeah, oh yeah. That was cool. And the gang. Do you remember the first? Oh wow, the audience is going crazy right now. Dude, they're losing Gosh, their minds. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Turn a hose on them. There oh we go. My okay, gosh. cool. Yeah. The um. So do you remember the first mm-hmm. story that you wrote? Do you remember? Yes, I when do. You, where you were when you wrote it? Yeah, I remember. I remember. Um, it was a long time ago, man. It was back, uh, it would have been uh, 20, 2010 or so. Wow. And it was it was when I, because uh, I was always good at memorizing stuff. So I remember one time uh, back in those days, it was before I had ever written any poetry, really. I'd fuck, I mean, am I allowed to swear on this here? Program? Oh, yeah, yeah. You could okay. say shit, fuck. All right. The whole, okay. The, yeah. All right, cool. I, I figured as much. I just wanted to double check. I don't want to seem so presumptuous. Anyway. Um, Test them out. Yeah. yeah. So I was, um, I'd fucked around with writing some short prose and stuff in high school and middle school and uh, just kind of put it away because my main focus was visual art. So for a long time, I was primarily, or I should say exclusively a cartoonist. So that's where I honed all my pen and ink skills and creating and animating characters and things like that. And then uh, anyway, it was it was towards the end of... Uh, 2010 or 2011 that I endeavored to memorize The Walrus and the Carpenter by Lewis Carroll, which is part of the uh, overall text of Through the Looking Glass, or is it Alice's Adventures in Wonderland? I think it's one of those two. So anyway, um, as I was memorizing it, was I examining the lines, and I realized how exactly he wrote that in what rhyme scheme and what meter, etc. And I realized that it's really kind of just a big formula in that that's what he did is he set himself a formula and then challenged himself to stay within that formula throughout the whole thing and then of course to have words that not only make sense but are enter, you know entertaining and interesting for a reader or a, a listener to hear so that's what I did was I took that exact formula of the walrus and the carpenter and I wrote a story in verse and that was kind of the uh the birth of me doing that because I really enjoy that challenge actually to set myself a rhyme scheme and a meter and then to write a whole piece in that meter. For instance, that one I just recited to you, the fetch and his dog in the West. Um, it's in one called anapestic meter, which is, um, 
it, like Dr. Seuss was pretty famous for it. It's two unstressed, one stressed. So da 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 That's or like a, a good example. Uh, an example it's kind of pertinent to the time was "Twas the night before Christmas when all through the house." Like that's an that's an example of anapestic oh, meter. So anyway, that's yeah, good to know. I feel like I that's really. I mean, I just learned something mm-hmm. right now. Yeah, and I'm sure that listen or listeners oh, now. I mean, like wow. Yeah, if you're interested in poetry, you should come and hang out with me. Yeah. Yeah, I can talk about poetry Spoken all day. poetry is very effective. Right on. Yeah, totally. I've been doing a little bit more, but what I've been doing is I've been trying to... Uh, I've been writing up these imaginary letters. Yeah. I dig. Yeah. Letters to, to whom? Just like an imaginary kind of thing. It's like a... It was a pleasure speaking with you last night. Yeah. As we discussed, you reaching out to me is 100% confidential <laughs> yeah. and attorney-client privileged. Love that. On a lighter note, I took a poll on what someone's mom like your Instagram photo means. Right. 100% of voters said that if mom likes your photo, that it's a sign of approval. Nice. So according to this, your mother approves of me. Right. <laughs> Something that. like that. kind of Just ridiculous. I don't know. Because I feel like as an artist... And and you're an artist. I feel like I'm kind of unconsciously riffing. Yeah. Off of everything that's around me. Oh yeah. Not that's, even consciously. That's I just, where inspiration comes from, man. From from the ether, man. From the from the universe. That's it. That's the best thing you can do as an artist is put yourself out there, right? Yeah. Yeah. Get those experiences. Meet people. Listen there, to what they have to say. There was one. It was interesting too because the first time pam actually had me here on mutiny radio oh, i met pam. her on the back Shh. of benders oh yeah i yeah and she and i was just like hey come on the show on wednesday i'm like okay fine. i'm like i don't know and the first question she asked me was do you believe in jesus wow that's <laughs> a like, doozy well, that's intense yeah it was it was good it was fun it was fun time all right but there was a song that i wrote and i feel like i kind of i'm more of like improvise i mean like i'm sure that you do a little improvising too i've seen you before you improvise like depending on where you are you know that you're setting Uh and um i had played this song Mm -hmm. and some of it i had made up and at the end of the song she said that that was the time traveling tamale lady song and it kind of seemed like kind of like a cartoon it kind of reminded me of of clyde always a little bit because i was just like that's sweet of you i'd like to hear that you, did you ever have the pleasure of meeting the tamale lady? I did not. No, so the tamale lady, yeah, yeah, it's too bad. She'd passed. When, when was it? The f- 2014? Yeah, sometime around that. I think, no, I think she went in uh, 2015 or 2016. But yeah, you couldn't be in a bar in like, a, you know, a 10 mile radius. Or no, that's too many. Sorry. A two mile radius of the mission without at some point experiencing a lady coming up to you with a cooler on wheels saying tamales, tamales. That's buy some awesome. tamales and they were good too they were tasty it was like uh i don't know just this uh, i wish i could have featured that on clyde's guide to san francisco keep your eyes peeled for the tamale lady we need a new tamale lady we do the the void must be filled we're yeah. missing a tamale lady yeah. yeah so i don't know i think that's what pam and she she'd said that's the time traveling tamale lady song and i was just thinking i was like how did that's hilarious right and so there's a song and so my idea of when, and I'd be interested, like, because I, I know when you're talking about writing your first piece yeah. and how it just kind of evolves and you come up with how, what you want to do and right. um, that I, for this, for this song, I wanted to create a time portal from what the mission is now yeah. or bring it back 20 years. Sure. And so for that, I needed a Latino name. All right. And so. What'd the, you settle on? Alejandra. Oh, that's a good one. Isn't that a lady's name? It is. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, so that's hey, why I, I think... 
Alejandra. And so um, there was somebody who I knew whose name was Alejandra. Cool. And somehow she had became the time traveling tamale lady somehow. Oh, rad. Yeah, just because it was somebody. Yeah, it was it was hilarious how this all happened because when you're making it up, I feel like it almost kind of writes itself. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I I agree with that. Writes itself for sure. I mean, that's uh, that's where writing comes from a lot of the time too. I mean, especially if you got uh, what they call writer's block. If you just sh- shut and lock the door and turn off your stupid fucking phone, and you sit there with your pen and your paper in hand, and you just wait. And then if you scribble something and it sucks, you can look at it and you can say that sucks, and you can scratch it out and go on to the next thing but yeah so much so much of my writing i feel like i'm sitting there listening you know yeah i can't imagine just folks in out there listening now sitting back as you know an artist with a marijuana cigarette in their hand well i hope they get inspired whoever they are because that yeah that's one thing i definitely want to do is is find uh you know uh self-defeating artists and pick them up by the lapels of their shirt and give them a good shake and say get out there you and do it because the world needs it the universe needs it there's nobody life's too damn short to be sitting around thinking I'm not good enough to do that thing that I was inspired to do. You ought to do it. And it might be the hardest goddamn thing you ever do. But at the end of it, you know what you'll feel happy. That's where happiness comes from. Happiness is earned. That's what I want to tell so many people too. happiness in and of itself is an empty pursuit. But the, the real joy that you feel is only through achieving something that was laborious for sure. Yeah, I feel like you. But I'm just riffing, man. No, I feel like I'm just I feel on a like, rant now. You better <laughs> stop me. Somebody see, put a gag on me now. I can't no, stop. No, no, you're good. Right, no, cool. I I feel like you know being a true artist is no different than being a true person. Sure. And there's plenty of listeners out there that, you know, they're artists, but then they're maybe their career and what they chose for a career path mm-hmm. affects their artistic integrity potentially. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and I see it's just like. You only have one life, you know, we're not getting any younger no. and this is our time, your time to go and, and do what you feel you need to do. Goddamn right, man. Yeah. You can say that again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I feel like the open mic scene definitely mm-hmm. gives, you know, people of all types of different artists, style, I mean, yeah. artistic styles and outlet to go and express themselves. Right. That's one thing I'll say about the open mic scene here in San Francisco too, is that it's really a tight knit community. So if you're getting around on the open mics, you'll be seeing the same folks. And then, I mean, that's a great way to build up a, uh, a fan base you could say. Cause I mean, just to hark back to that old uh, commercial from the, what was it like the eighties, but you know, some, somebody tells two friends and two friends come to your show and then they tell two friends, et cetera, et cetera. Before long, you've got people talking about what it is you're doing. I mean, so long as you're doing it for the intention of uh, giving something to them that they, that they want, that they didn't know they want. I mean, that's the nature of invention, right? Or the nature of creation, I should say. Yeah. It all, it all comes back to intention, I guess. <laughs> anyway. I remember, you know, it was before I even, you know, maybe it was the first time I went to the open mics and uh-huh. it was like somebody had been there at, at Cafe International the first time and, and like six years and they said like, oh my gosh, Clyde, he's still here. He's doing it. It's yeah. awesome. It's like, I remember like, I remember that one time, right. you know, back in 2010, you know, and it was like really yeah. cool. Yeah. Um, and I feel like being consistent and staying because you've been doing this for long i mean people know who you are hosting now. the open mic yeah oh i mean um 
A lot of that, yeah, a lot of that's consistency. Like, um, you know, Brendan over at uh, Hotel Utah, you can just, it's like something you can just depend on, you know? Like, if you go there on Monday night, you know you're going to see Brendan, and you know it's going to be a good time, and that he'll run a good, you know, a good fun show and all of that. So he just anyway. got married. Oh, that cat just yeah. got married? Mm-hmm. Uh, congratulations to Brendan of Hotel Utah. I had no idea. Yeah, congratulations. I know. I knew, I knew he was pretty uh, sweet on his sweetheart there. I, I, the, the posts on Instagram all day long. It's like a music, art, entertainment fairy tale. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. that's good. That's, that's a, what I feel like. That's like a love if, story. if you were to meet yeah. someone, I don't know if you're if you're seeing anyone. Are you single? Oh no, no. I've I've got, got a I've got a girlfriend. Yeah. Oh, you do. Okay. Yeah. It. Okay. But in general, it's just like. Uh. When you're an artist and you have a partner, yeah, you're like, there's something that's kind of cool about that. I oh, mean, yeah. because you're you're a character. Oh yeah. And if you're you know with somebody else and they're mm-hmm. a character too. You yeah. Know? I feel like Brendan and uh, Zelda, I think, definitely have that. They're like this. They're you know. a power couple. Yeah, that's they what go it is. Around on the scene and everybody sees them. I know. <laughs> there they are. Look out for them. Good looking, man. Well, good looking. Well, that's good, man. Yeah. So, I mean, just touching on that, the, uh, the, the cafe international, you know, um, I, I think part of my success of getting, uh, repeat customers coming back to cafe international, wanting to play the open mic is that I always, no matter what dole out a certain amount of praise to anybody who gets up there and does their thing. So regardless of how it was, you know, received by the crowd or how much they may have prepared or rehearsed for whatever it was they did. Um, yeah. Do I give them words of encouragement rather than vice versa? You know, when I was starting out back in my day, no, 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 I'm just kidding. But what I'm saying is, uh, you know, when I was starting out, there were a lot of open mic hosts, uh, that would do a thing. I'm not going to name names here, but it was sort of their style to, uh, build you up on the way up to the stage. And then once they come up, once you are walking off the stage, maybe they have a good, you know, have a good roast on you or the, you know, a good laugh at your expense. And, and I thought that that was maybe a good way to run the show. So I remember my first few months were kind of rocky because I was trying to, uh, I don't know. I was trying to, uh, trying to be funny and I was, all my jokes were falling flat. And what I realized is that it was risking alienating these people who were coming up and putting their, I mean, when you're talking about your creation, that is something that's very sensitive, you know, and you don't want to, you don't want to knock somebody down if they're feeling a little vulnerable. I mean, I, I know coming off the stage, sometimes you might be feeling a little shook up. I know I am. I mean, yeah. and I've, I've been at it for a long time and even I get stage fright going up there sometimes and I feel a little, you know, jumpy after I come off. So anyway, that is my technique is to offer praise and encouragement and welcoming words to these people who are coming up and, and doing their thing. Be them amateurs or professionals. I don't care. Yeah. I dig it. I dig it, man, for sure. I, I remember the first time that I went to International Cafe. I feel like, you know, I think a lot of people could relate. It's walking up on stage and or, you know, at International Cafe to the microphone. We don't even have like, a stage. At yeah, cafe. it's an imaginary yeah, stage. It's a non-stage. Go on. <laughs> yeah, so to let the excitement overcome the fear. Sure. Of, you know, whatever whatever that is. And I, I feel like, you know, if you're out there, there's plenty of people out there, artists out there, maybe um, poets and that have all this material. But to get up there and have, to be able to get up there for the first time and, and talk on the microphone can be oh, yeah. very, like... Takes a lot of guts, man. It takes guts, but I feel like once you've done that ten times, mm-hmm. maybe you know you feel a little bit more. I mean, I'm, I'm, 
at the open mic thing, I've always been in bands before. Yeah. Um, so my first uh, open mic that I went to, I remember Alice in Wonder Band was the featured act. Love Alice in Wonder. And um, it was March of 2017, and I'd walked in and I'd played a song, and I've always been in bands, and it was something, you know, being just myself with a guitar that was a little bit more like, whoa, this is. Oh, you're exposed up yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. Nowhere to hide up there. You know what I mean? Yeah. But now, I mean, uh, now I'm to the point now where, I mean, I could just bust out a song in the middle of the street, or actually in sure. the middle of the road, walking across the crosswalk and not no feel shame. any kind of hesitation at all. Yeah. Those but inhibitions. If, yeah. That'll if, hold you back. But I feel like if it wasn't for that, having this open mic scene and having places like um, Cafe International, right. that I, I don't think I would have ever grown the guts yeah. to do it. Yeah, man, that's that's what we're here for. Got new material? Come and work it out. Come and work it out. Spoken poetry? Sure. We got poets. We got a, It's a full-blown vaudeville-style variety open mic showcase, man. We've had a magician. We've had a clown. We've had an <laughs> acrobat. We've had a sock puppet show. We've had a, I don't know, you name it. They've been there. We've had a juggler. Oh, I love it when the juggler comes around. Uh, stuff like that. That's what I want, actually. That's ultimately what I want to be known for. You know, um... There's a cat over in the East Bay, um, runs a show. I can't remember his name now. I should, this is bad. I shouldn't even like bring him up if I can't remember his name. But there's this great vaudeville show over in the East Bay called Tourette's Without Regrets. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, wow. That yeah. sounds like, yeah. Yeah, well, anyway, I mean, it's huge. I think I think the audience, like an average audience is maybe a thousand people or something. It's, it's in a warehouse over in Oakland. And, and it got a big following. But ultimately, yeah, I would like to be the host of... Uh, yeah, uh, or the ringleader, I should say, of something akin to a, a big variety show that happens, say, weekly or monthly. Oh, speaking of shows, can I plug a, an upcoming run that I have? Of course, yeah. All right, cool. So, Dig, um, yes, you can see me every week at Cafe International as host and ringleader of uh, the Open Mic Showcase there on Friday nights. But if you want to see my full show, that's to say my one-man show... I will be performing it every final Thursday of the month, beginning in May and ending in August. So a four-month run at an underground venue called The Fin. And uh, if you'd like details for it, just keep uh, an eye on my website, www.clydeaways.com. But uh, beginning in May, I will be doing a 45-minute set there once a month for four months. So if you want to come and see what a full show for me looks like, Come on down. You are invited. Sounds entertaining. I think you'll like it. And we're going to have some opening acts, too, some interesting opening acts, among which are the folk duet More Hazards, More Heroes. And if you've never gotten an ear full of More Hazards, More Heroes, I recommend you do it. I think you'd dig it a lot. Very clever names. Yeah. Hazards. And, uh, more Hazards, More Heroes. Yeah. More Hazards, More Heroes. They go around on the scene. I'm, I'm surprised you don't know them. I probably, if I saw their face, All right, I did. you know what's really interesting and it's cool too mm -hmm. about being in kind of this artistic scene with an open mic or, or, you know, being in just an artistic community in yeah. general here mm -hmm. is that there's a lot of, and I had, was it Carly Mari on the show the oh, other yeah. day and I was talking to her, it's like, I met the person, like I met Clyde Oys, the person right. before I even saw you perform. Right. And so the you know that that folk duet i'm sure i probably met them before but maybe yeah. i just never seen them i'll bet you a, a nickel you've yeah you've played with them somewhere along the line if you got if you want to call that bet 
I don't know. I dig the corduroy, man. You always wear corduroy? No. I mean, like, um, so I got myself, I have to say, gosh, it this happened a long time ago. Yeah. Um, it, it was a CEO secretary ho uh, party back in, gosh, 2006 or something. Oh, like, shit. Like after high school or something. It was Rad. Like really basic, I guess. Hey, that's cool. Um, and so I went to a thrift store. Uh-oh. And I bought a blazer nice. for eight dollars. Nice. And it was like it was perfect. Yeah. Um, and so I had gotten this. I mean, this this is much more recent in the past two years. I'd gotten right. this corduroy. Was it 2017? Probably around you know, a couple months after first time I went to right Cafe International. I feel like that's a pretty standard look for you, the blazer and the t shirt. Yeah. That's a good look for JW or for uh, the candy man. <laughs> well, you know what's really oh. funny about it is that the 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 blazer has become my it's like my purse if i don't have it then none of my stuff <laughs> yeah, is there I like i'm not gonna wear a fanny pack i, I mean i guess i could but yeah it just becomes a part of you after a while right yeah if i don't bring a jacket that's your costume yeah. yeah if i don't it's just i always regret it like my og my my thug shades dude those are cool where we're we gonna put these you know right i don't know <laughs> i don't know candy man <laughs> All right. I even have my checkbook too. No shit. You still write checks? I do sometimes. That's yeah. That's nuts. This is cool, man. I feel like Howard Stern right now. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. Howard Stern. What? What a crack up. I oh, definitely yeah. think he pioneered, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, other people have their opinions, but I feel like he definitely pioneered the whole podcast thing. He was definitely the first person that yeah. I remember really kind of blowing that up. Right. Um, I just remember hearing people talk when I was a kid, people would talk about him, you know, and like a lot of people had strong opinions about, oh, Howard Stern said something, something, you know, but uh, that's good. I guess if people are talking about you one way or the other, that's the goal, right? Yeah. Get some exposure. Yeah. It's pretty, uh, gosh, you know, there's so many people and I don't want to get political or anything, but hey, that's cool. Who would have thought that, you know, a Howard Stern interview would have gone on a political presidential election <laughs> like Wait, part of like are you talking about the 2016 election yeah so oh. you know taking and i don't want to name any names right. and i definitely don't want to get too political yeah yeah at mutiny radio yeah, well, <laughs> i guess yeah. we could we could really go for it hey that's whatever <laughs> but uh it's all good but using uh, a howard stern interview like you and i are which is say mm-hmm. you know next election you know 2020 you want to run for president right and somebody uses our time together right as against you in the election oh that'd be a drag they just totally I'd, cut like I'd all the good stuff office, out though yeah we could do that we could cut it out i mean how can you take i feel like that's what it is with with howard stern i feel mm. like just being an artist in general yeah you know being a poet being a you know a, a singer songwriter is that um it's art and yeah. it's a form of entertainment yeah and for someone to use that <laughs> against you, you know, yeah. I, I don't know. It just seems. Yeah. That like would it. bum me out for sure, man. Well, people, I mean, people just get a, some, not everyone's going to like what you're doing, but in no. general, like you wouldn't want them to either. Maybe I a mean, song. Maybe you would, maybe you'd want every single person in the whole world to like you, but that's kind of narcissistic, isn't it? Yeah. To walk around saying, I hope everybody likes me. There's certain people out there. Maybe you wouldn't want to like you, you know, yeah. like some kind of a reprehensible person. 
I think the closest thing to having everyone like you is the Beatles, in my opinion. Yeah. But, but I know a ton of people who hate the Beatles. Yeah, there's Can't a lot of people that don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? I guess they're just going up in numbers. Oh, I but can't I feel stand like, the Beatles. No, I, li- I like the Beatles, you know. I feel like, um, you know, at least for kind of my artistic styles, I feel like, you know, I'm more like punk. Yeah. So it's almost like... I hope that you hate it. Were you a punk rock kid? Yeah. You were? Yeah. yeah. You went to a lot of punk shows? I did, yeah. You kicked your uh, Dr. Martens around? A little bit, Didn't yeah. Anybody catch some? No? You good? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. We did some mosh pitting. Damn. Um, that's fun. Some crowd surfing. Where'd you grow up? Candyman? I grew up in um, the East Bay in um, Center Moan, Castro Valley. Okay, right. Um, yeah, they had this place in Danville called The Grange. All right. I wonder if it's still there. What's that? Oh, the Gilman. You know that place in Berkeley, the Gilman? Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I went to a too. punk show or two. Because uh, when I first moved to the Bay Area, that's where I was staying, was in Berkeley. And, you know, every once in a while, somebody would drag you down to the Gilman for a show. But, yeah, that's wild, man. Punk rock. I dig it. I yeah, dig it. I just, I feel like, uh, in general, like, with art and anything in, like, punk rock is a mutation of, of rock and roll. And I'm right. sure it's the same thing with with. with poetry oh, yeah. and, and it's like oh yeah this is this or and painting or yeah or yeah painting. like everything everything's just a product of that which came before it right if you think about it like you today are a product of you know however what is that like to, how old are you 28 i am a i'm 33 okay we're the same exact age you were born in 1986 are you the year of the tiger i'm the year of the tiger baby <laughs> no yeah we got wow. our year coming up in two years 2022 is another year of the tiger oh wow yeah. that's incredible i know we'll be 36 then Holy shit, we're the same age. I had no idea. Yeah. Sometimes the stars really align. I think most of the time, you know. Mm -hmm. But 33, this is the prime of life, man. You know, this is this is the time to jump on it. This is is why it's so cool that you have this radio show. You know, that's something you can be proud of, man. Yeah, oh, I hope you're proud of it. Oh no, it's definitely uh, Pam. Yeah, Pam is amazing. She's been running this for a while. She's a real I love artist. I used to see Pam at the um, at the the punch or not the punchline at the brainwash did you ever have the pleasure of going to the brainwash or were I, you here after they shut you know and it was a bummer as i had some friends that mm-hmm. that were there it's on it used to be on Folsom, right mm-hmm. oh gosh it was such a bummer i thought that i had years to go and, and check it out and then all of a sudden it was closed yeah so i'd never actually seen a show there out of the blue it was uh when i first started doing uh, my act because um when i when i first started too my my whole uh clyde always the bard of the lower hate persona and act wasn't completely formulated like i started out doing poetry and poetry venues and comedy and comedy venues um which i mean it was bad i mean it was bad i mean it was good in that i learned what i needed to do to get you know, a, a, a positive audience reaction, but I'm just saying always, I feel as though I'm too comedic to hang with the poets. Cause the poets are all a real serious bunch with like pounding their chests like that and whining and, and all of that. I mean, no offense to any of the good poets I've heard, but I'm just saying that that seems to be status quo. Whereas all the comics at the comedy open mic, it all kind of blends together into one big dick and fart joke. And I'm like, okay, that's something too. So it's, and then I'm t- so that's like, I'm too poetic to hang with the comics and I'm too comedic to hang with the poets. So at the end of the day, there I was kind of splitting my time between poetry and comedy when what I really needed to do was just fuse the two into one coherent act. And that's what I do now. And, and yeah, I mean, you probably will never see it at the punchline and, and I, it's really hard to get my rhyming verses published in reputable, uh, 
uh, literary journals because they read it and they say, what is this Dr. Seuss shit? Get this out of my face, you know? But I think at the end of the day, I think when I'm lying down on my deathbed, I will have a, uh, a decent following of people who, who loved what I did because I did it and I didn't bend to the whim or will of anybody else. Anyway, I went off on a tangent. I was doing the, um, <laughs> enough about me. Anyway, there I was, uh, and I was going to the open mic at the brainwash with host, uh, Tony Sparks. And that was just a wild time. It was really cutthroat. It was really push and shove. And it was fast, fast, fast. It was like, as soon as you got up there, it felt like he was giving you the light to get off, you know? So you just had to basically get up there, rattle off as many one-liners as you could before they hauled you off with a hook. And then meanwhile, it's people doing their laundry and it's people eating cheeseburgers. And <laughs> you got guys on their, their laptops, like not paying attention. And you got, you know, comics losing their minds because, you know, they got heckled. And it was crazy. It was a zoo. It was every Thursday. I was there every Thursday for like the whole year, 20, 2014, 2015. The brainwash. I just can't imagine being like mid bite into a cheeseburger. <laughs> oh, yeah. You hear some gross on. stuff too, man. There's so many people. They're, they're up there, like like desperate for laughs, you know. Like the most disgusting, scatological humor you could think of. You know, people would say that shit, and just you gotta hope you're not eating something when they say it. You gotta hope you don't have a mouthful of chocolate pudding when somebody drops a joke like that. Jesus oh Christ, God, that's freaking hilarious. I think I got a bowl of chocolate pudding in my <laughs> underpants. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, that's that was the quality of joke. I mean, that, that's a generalization. I heard a lot of really great comics there too. That's the cool thing about open mic too. Is it's like. Uh, so many, I feel like so many people don't go, like I, when I say people, I mean civilians, not like you and I are peers, we're contemporaries, we're both a participant in the open mic scene, but I feel like so many um, civilians, people that would just go to, to watch, don't go to watch because they're, uh, because we've, the open mics maybe have a bad reputation. They say, oh, it's just a bunch of like, you know, crappy old shit. It's going to, it's going to be a shit show. That's what a lot of people think. That's why I bring so much energy to Cafe International, because at the very least, at the very least, I formulate it like it's a legitimate show, you know? So you can just come, kick back, watch a few acts. If there's one you don't like, you go step out, have a cigarette, get some fresh air, come back in. Maybe there's, maybe you're going to see the act, the, the next big act. Maybe you're going to see it. Maybe you're going to be moved. Maybe it'll change your whole life. Maybe some guy with a guitar wrote a song that is the most beautiful song you ever heard, and you had no idea you were about to hear it, and then bang, you're there, and you hear it, and it's free. It's totally free. We're not charging you admission. The hell with that. You go in and pay in like, you know, a hundred bucks to see Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle's great, but you can see Dave Chappelle on Netflix. You can't see The Candyman or Clyde <laughs> always, or, um, hold on, let me plug Please. this really quick. Tonight, right after this show, right, we're going over to Cafe International where yeah. I'm hosting the open mic, and our feature will be none other than the very well-known and well-loved James Conrad and his band, his orchestra, will be playing tonight from 9 to 9.30. So if you want to come out and catch a master of the blues, come and see James Conrad feature of the open mic tonight. Yeah, he definitely, uh, James Conrad, I know him too, is very punctual, very... Um, very nice guy. He knows what Definitely he's doing. A staple in the open sure. mic scene. And it's his uh, birthday today, too. He's it's turning, his... uh, well, I won't tell you how old he's turning, but it's his birthday today. Isn't that fabulous? It's his birthday. Yeah. Well, how so do this I is not his know? birthday bash. Oh. Man. Yeah. Oh, that's really awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that, too. You know what it is? Mm -hmm. I, I, I'm like, I'm one of those people on it, you know, be, you know, people that are listening and I'd be curious to just to see what 
listener, the other listeners. Sure. Saying, but can we, can we I take like calls? to be surprised. No. Yeah, we can. Let's open it up. We're to taking calls. calls. 805-869-8210. Again, it was 805-869-8210. Give uh, Claude Oys and uh, JW or uh, the Candyman a call here. Yeah, come on. Yeah. Call in, everybody. Yeah. Anyway. Phones are going to start ringing off the hook. Yeah, that's it. But for me personally, as the audience, mm-hmm. for me, I like to be kind of surprised. Right. I don't like things to be too predictable. So to yeah. have... You know, an open mic scene and artists and pulling them, you know, because I know open mics are different, but pulling someone's name out of a hat and yep. putting them in an order. Um, there's something that's really exciting about that. And it's, you don't know what's oh, yeah. going to happen. I can imagine, you know, just coming out from outside. I could see that being a draw of people, you know, that are in town visiting too. Right. I feel like that's one of the things that's just like, yeah, the open mic thing is pretty fun. Total grab bag. Don't know what you're going to get. Well, you said something about mm-hmm. you could even do backflips or something at the open mic. Oh, yeah. Certain... We've had we've had some standing backflips. That's for sure. Or we had one uh, uh, person who would go and uh, bend over backwards and then spider walk across the floor. Oh, freak us Holy out. Sh- it was wow. spooky stuff. I don't um, know if my back could take that right yeah, now. Yeah, I don't think I could do it either. Yeah, that's impressive. Hey, but that's cool. You know, we got our thing that we do. Yeah. Oh, hey, what's this? It's my uh, it's my new, uh, not new, but relatively oh, new cool. novel. It's entitled Less's Place, a hipster manifesto, and it's available on Amazon. And you guys should go check it out. Allow me to read the back of the dust jacket, <laughs> if I may. Go. 21-year-old Les Burningham, hipster gang leader and rogue barber, is on a mission to ransack as many man buns from the heads of cowering granola boys as possible before his sister can kick him off her pull-out couch. But when an unexpected discovery results in Les's banishment from the city, he finds himself adrift in a cold world armed only with his power to reason and a pair of skinny jeans. Let's see what the critics are saying. I usually never read books, like never, but I read this one and I was all like, damn, bro, said Keith Burleyman, arts and culture correspondent at the Puffington Host. Oh my God, four exclamation points. This book is literally amazing, three exclamation points. Hearts, stars, cats with heart for eyes, says Cindy Dafterberg, literary critic at Fuzzbead. With vicious wit and Swiftian satire always has captured the internal conflict that so many millennials face in these times of ever-increasing political polarization. What's more, he seems to have documented for the ages just what life was like for young urbanites in the 2000 teens. Sick. Spare any change, says Crystal Billy, beggar and meth enthusiast at the 6th Street off-ramp. So there it is. That's the uh, back. That's that's my book in a nutshell. You guys should read it. It's pretty cool. It's uh, 90,000 words, 45 original illustrations. And it's a wild ride, man. Take a picture. The artwork is great. Oh, so I feel like you. being an, you know, a multi-talented artist uh-huh. um, that did just say, you know, I mean, like if you saw this art cover, this is fucking awesome. You dig it? Yeah, it's pretty badass. Yeah, I actually, uh, touching back on the whole uh, rejecting technology for all those years and then having to take a crash course in it, that was one of them. It was in 2018 when I first had to make a flyer for my my run at the Marsh Theater, and then later that year I had to make a cover that would be, um, you know, sufficient for the, for the publisher, and um, I had to figure out the Adobe Photoshop 
and you know here i here i am uh, completely comfortable smearing ink on a on a real piece of paper with a a hard metal pen nib but then when it comes to actually clicking and clacking and dragging the mouse and, and selecting the right things and the right DP, dpi and all of that i had just about lost my mind and i almost smashed my my laptop with a sledgehammer i think it, it was i, I came pretty close there. yeah Technology i was shouting at that son of a bitch where's the smudge tool i had the smudge tool 20 seconds ago and now it's fucking gone anyway, yeah no i feel it there me. i I feel like when things could be tedious and, and the timing of it, like you, we were talking about earlier on the show that, you know, you're, you're starting to, you're writing something, you feel like you're onto something and you're like, right. it's suspenseful. And then you're like, Oh, this is shit. And then you, oh, yeah. you scratch it out and throw it away. And I feel like there's a lot of times like every artist could relate to that. Mm-hmm. And then there's those times where it just, it just all meshes together. Oh, like the yeah. smudge tool is right where it needs to be right, right where you need it. And right. I feel that that way for some of some of these songs that I write because I feel like obviously you know writing a piece yeah. and then recording it, you know at least for music is is an art in itself. So you can write a song, and then to go and record it is like we, I feel like I could relate to you on the smudge tool kind sure. of thing where it's like you have to fuck around with some little tool or yeah, something. You just want to focus on the the right. art part of it, you right. know, the, the creative part of it, and um, oh, yeah. Man. So I. But that's how you learn, right? You take you take your hard knocks and you you get back up and you try again. That's yeah. the only way. It's the only way, buddy. Yeah. But that's cool. So you you have this new book mm-hmm. out. You have a new YouTube. Well, this has been out. I remember. I, yeah. Yeah. I've, a, uh, the I, Less's Place came out uh, the beginning of last year, and then I put out my first novel. Uh, I guess it would have been the beginning of twenty eighteen. So I just, I, I mean, keep this, I, I shouldn't even mention it, but I just finished another manuscript and I'm going to be pitching it to, uh, to literary agents. So everybody wish me luck. Cause it's, nice. uh, I don't know. I don't know what you got to do to get a literary agent, man, but I'm going, I'm doing everything just right this time. I'm not going to half-ass a goddamn thing. And I'm going to really, I'm going to do it, man. And if I, and if I fail, whatever, but I won't even think about that. I won't fail because I will succeed. That's what you got. That's what you got to do. That's what that, that's how, that's how you got to live your life. Yeah. You got to always no stay. Yeah. Stop saying those things. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, it's coming along, coming along my new book. Looking forward to uh, seeing it in print. You got that book. Mm-hmm. You got the YouTube. Yeah, that book. Thing. I do those paintings too. If you want to come and sit for a uh, portrait candy man i would love that yeah, yeah. oh yeah maybe yeah, i could get my do, candy uh, man on yeah yeah i do surrealist uh paintings so hopefully i'll be getting a show in a in a gallery this year that's one of my goals actually that's another one too that's just i don't it, it's almost like you got to know somebody you got to know a guy who knows a guy you know or maybe you just show up with a bunch of candies yeah i can just show up with my portfolio that's what i do a lot of the times but i mean i've gotten shows in like restaurants and coffee houses and things not i mean not that that not to diminish that because that's great but to have a show in a legitimate art in, in an art gallery that would be that would be nice i would like that but hasn't happened yet but that's not to say that it won't happen before the year is out so let's see mark my words have me on one year from today and we'll find out yeah yeah. That'd be cool, wouldn't it? 2021. Sure. 2021. Wow. That's just fun to say, too. 2021. Yeah, that's... Right? That's unreal. It's coming up. I yeah. was new. I have a distinct memory of watching that show 2020 with my mom when I was a kid. 
And I remember saying to her way back then, it must have been like 1997, I said, someday it'll be the year 2020. And my mom said, yeah, you're right. And now, lo and behold, my prophecy came true. Isn't that amazing? You know what? I, wonder, <laughs> yeah, did, I have to relate. I, I definitely could relate on that. I feel like most everything that I've kind of envisioned, and maybe it just happened to me because I was an artist at a young age, right. six or seven years old, and I kind of envisioned this, the things, and I just kind of marinated in that, and it sure. all became art. Mm-hmm. And then I'm looking back, you know, what, 27 years ago, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I remember I had said that right. my mom, you know, was going to get remarried when I was 13. Spooky. Holy shit, that was, th- that was 20 years ago, exactly. This is their 20th year anniversary, my mom and my, my stepdad. So, cool. Yeah, so maybe that's a little personal, but it was just like, it's so, it's so strange, like you were talking about with your, you said your mom, right? Yeah, I get you. Yeah, it's just yeah. like, holy shit, it's like, the year 2020. that's what I feel like, that's where I am too, um, is that I feel like in my personal experience, like being a, a true artist is no different than being a true person. I feel like in, yeah. in just doing what you feel like is right, uh-huh. even if nobody else likes it. Yeah. Um, that you're just doing it and it's for you. Yeah, you I know? dig. I dig. Yeah. There's, um, I'll just touch on this too. I mean, while we're kind of on the subject, but, um, you know, uh, I found this pamphlet in a, one of the little free libraries a couple of years back. It would have been um, sometime in 2015. And the pamphlet's entitled The Man Who Tapped the Secrets of the Universe. And it sent me down this rabbit hole, actually. But a lot of it has to do with not only uh, creation, but really the power of thought in general. There was this movement born in the um, mid-1800s um, called the New Thought Movement. And um, so much of it revolves around... Um, the idea that that through the power of thought can you manipulate your life into what it is you want it to be and as mystical as that might seem at at a glance i think there's there's really a lot more to it than that so that's to say that um just to take like a base example um that everything you see is the product of somebody's thought like somebody thought of this booth that we're sitting in and through you know, hard work and perseverance did this booth come into existence. It didn't just, you know, poof, out of nowhere. But somebody somebody envisioned it, somebody thought of it, and now it is a reality. Yeah. So, I mean, as far as, like, the nature of creation, that's what I always think. If if you can think it in your mind, then it's possible. It's You, you can bring it into the world. It's just, it's just how much do you want to bring it into the world? I always, th- I always think <laughs> of Edison. I think of Thomas Edison locking himself in his, in his studio for... I don't know, however many weeks it took him, that he could think, he could think that there would be a way to rig up electricity to make a glass bulb glow like the sun. And little, I mean, he must have been burnt. He must have been shocked like a thousand times. I don't know what kind of hell and torture he went through or how much frustration. I think about how much stupid frustration I went through just, you know, making one image on uh, Adobe Photoshop, you know, <laughs> like how much frustration he would have been so close and then damn it, it slipped away and he almost had it, you know, and then he, he tried it again. And then eventually, you know, it wasn't easy. That's that's the other thing. Nothing great ever came into this world. It, it wasn't easy to bring it into the world. It had to be. It had to be an arduous process. Anything great, anything really good. I feel that way with photography too. Yeah. Like, holy yeah, yeah. shit. Like negatives. And I remember, I don't know if you ever taken a photography class. I remember like doing negatives and how that even, like who, who thought of this? Like how many lifetimes in photography and how 
when this was created who came up with it oh yeah and like i feel like a great one is the airplane it's like sure. people were dreaming about flying long before the airplane was invented sure and how many lifetimes and how much work and right dedication took to that one that first airplane that was made try this one on for size man in 1869 we had steamboats and steam locomotives and we had horse and buggy that was the primary way of people getting around a hundred years later we flew a man to the moon you know like that's it that's the power of human ingenuity it's like all the all the naysay all the doomsday sayers out there Take a deep breath. It's going to be okay. Human beings will find a way to survive. We keep doing. We keep doing what we got to do, man. It's a big, goddamn, wonderful world out there. It is. It's time to, yeah, it's time to start appreciating it and not taking it for granted. That's that's another thing, too. Those are part of my uh, five principles, my five laws of success, which are actually inspired by that pamphlet, The Man Who Tapped the Secrets of the Universe. But can I... Can I yeah, yeah, of course. Because yeah. I... You know, I used to open every single open mic with these, but it started to feel a little sermony, like I was a, a preacher preaching to a, a choir or something. But anyway, I still bring them out every once in a while. And to tell you the truth, whenever, whenever I'm in a situation where I'm feeling uh, not so strong, when I'm feeling not so confident, I run myself through these five very simple and basic laws of success. And those are number one, humility. That's about everybody. Love them and empathize with them and appreciate them and replace the personal ego with the universal ego and everybody else will too, just like that. Number two, reverence. That's about everything. This moment, don't take it for granted. Open your eyes to the beauty that lay all around you. It's positively astounding. Number three, inspiration. That's about your thoughts. Listen to them. Don't shut them out with your cell phone and Pokemon Go and your Twitter feed and Netflix and all of that because that's there to control you. If you allow yourself to be completely and totally and utterly and absolutely alone with the universe just once in a while, she will whisper little secrets right in your ear. So be there for her when she does. Number four is this. Yeah, you dug that. Have a deep purpose really ask yourself why you're doing what you're doing are you trying to do something great something good for humanity for all of us or are you trying to do something lousy take your pick there ain't no in between and number five and i cannot stress this one enough because it's of the utmost importance but no matter what you're doing here on planet earth at least try to be the fuck happy about it let's all be happy it's friday night yeah, man. Friday nights are great. Yeah. That was great. I I, I was in tears. I, I don't know. I feel like um, I was in tears laughing the first time that I went to that, uh, your open mic. Yeah. Yeah. I feel time. like I just got it. I just got everything. Are you trying to do something? You know, yeah. I just, I don't oh, know. Yeah. It's just so. <laughs> when me, it comes out, it comes out big. I can't yeah. stay. Yeah. When I'm on one, I'm on one. But you know, I I I ride I ride the coaster just as much as anybody else. Going faster than a roller coaster. Ooh, yeah. The Roaring Twenties. That's right. Wow, we're here in the twenties. Oh yeah. No change in that. Yeah, so I know we're gonna be uh, rolling to this uh, 
this um how much time we got left by the way we actually are winding down no shit man this yeah so but by. we we are going to extend it we're going to do a mobile uh podcast on the way to cafe international oh so i did that's going to be um instagram live fantastic yeah All so right. we'll, we'll extend that but um with our time here in yeah. this this booth that somebody at one point created mm -hmm. and it's here and we're in this radio booth yeah and we have these headphones and all this technology that was so many generations have you know oh yeah it's all been leading up to this moment man to this moment right now right? yeah so if you wanted to do another you want to do another um tale yeah sure yeah or rather than a tale can i read you this is a debut i actually just finished this little verse today oh, fun. it's not so much yeah, a tale fresh, as it then. is just a uh just a witty observation i guess you could call it but um yeah, me and my uh, dear friend and confidant and cohort, uh, a man by the or I should say a typewriter by the name of Fat Boy Smitty, <laughs> we uh, we produced this today right up in my uh, in my workshop in my story salon, and uh, I'm, it's still a working title, but I'm sure any resident of San Francisco will really appreciate it. So the title that I've got right now is an exclamation by Clyde Always. And it's brand new, so I'll try not to fuck it up. <gasps> Come on, let's go, you loafing lout. Let in your ass, we'll get it out. You're 20 bars behind the beat. You're moving like a finless trout. Now really, must you scrape your feet? We'll be there in a year, no doubt. Put next to you, a snail could fly. Go race a sloth, perhaps you'll tie. If I'm a jet, then you're the lag. You make molasses seem so spry. You loiter, lumber, lollygag. A fucking tortoise passed us by. You're like a geezer lost his cane. Perhaps you rusted in the rain? Oh, now I'm late for Bonnie's sake. Why must you cause me all this pain? I swear again, I'll never take a San Francisco Muni train. That's hilarious. That was the awesome. audience. Yeah. No, that's cool. Um, yeah. Once I work out all the uh, the kinks, the little intricacies. Oh, there they are. Thank you. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. More soundproof windows. Fabulous, fabulous. Oh my gosh, man. It's so fun. But yeah, I, I got inspired the other day when I was trying to get somewhere and there was a big goddamn delay and I just sat down there in that station for a half an hour just brooding and I was like, oh, hey, there's a punchline. Usually those verses like that, they come to me. The punchline comes to me first, and then, uh, you know, I elaborate. That's really fun. I elaborate the setup. But, yeah, Muni, slow. The Muni, Funny joke. yeah. Funny Public joke. transportation. Gosh, I thought <laughs> it was joke. It's hilarious. I think everyone could. Uh, what? So that, that um, time-traveling tamale lady song I was telling you about. Yeah. Um, I incorporated the Muni into it. So it was like a time-traveling Muni. Nice. You know what I found one time? I, I used to go to this used bookstore by my house before they shut it down to turn it into another fucking yoga studio. But there used to be the swell bookstore by my house called Aardvark Books, and that was like my little sanctuary if I needed some place. And they had a, like a big, fat, orange tabby cat that would come and snuggle on your lap if you came and sat down and read a book for a while. But anyway, I bought a book of poetry there one time, and uh, somebody back in 1992 had used their uh, their little paper uh, muni pass as a bookmark and there it lay perfectly preserved in the middle of this book untouched for what is that you know 20 28 years or something so i've still got that it's a pretty cool souvenir that is fun yeah muni yeah we love it we hate it well you got a car eh i don't even have a car i do i have a little bitty car nice 
It's a Lamborghini green. All right. Yeah. I don't know if anyone's ever seen it. Hey, that's cool. I got a purple tiger coffee sign on the top of it that lights up. Dear Lord. So I'm going for kind of like a spinoff of, you know, have you ever seen comedians in cars? Jerry Seinfeld. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so instead of that, well, for me personally, I don't think there's anything funny about getting picked up in a flashy car. No. Fancy car. I think it'd be funnier to get picked up in a piece of shit. Oh yeah. And drive. <laughs> well, do you do you do that? Do you post segments like that on YouTube? I'm going to. This is going to be my first attempt, which is cool. Yeah. You're going to be the. Yeah. This oh, is going to be first, I'm I'm the debut episode. Yeah. Oh, it's funny too because when I got this time for the radio um, airtime when I was talking to Pam. Yeah. I was just like, well, you know, I can't do too late because I want to be able to go to Cafe International. Sure. So I got this time specifically so it didn't go into Cafe International. Awesome. And now here we are, the host of the Cafe International open mic. Yeah. And we're going to do the first mobile podcast ever. Well, that's terrific. On the man. way to the, uh, the open mic. I'm excited. It's pretty fun. I'm juiced. Yeah. I'm jazzed. Well, it's definitely continuing as a Clyde. Clyde has got a lot of stuff going on. You could find him at ClydeAlways.com. You could yeah. also find him through me. Yeah. Or um, just come to Cafe International any Friday night between 7 and 11. I'll be there unless I'm on vacation. But that only happens, you know, once a year, maybe twice. I don't know. You, yeah. You, you, it's going to take some vacation, but yeah, I never seen, I haven't seen much vacation. Either. Thanks for having me, Candyman. This was wild. Yeah. Thank you all for listening. We are going to be streaming live on a mobile podcast. It's going to be um, Mr. Underscore San Francisco and JW Blunt on Facebook. Um, I'm going to be, we're going to be cruising. Clyde Oys and myself are going to be cruising to this open mic right now. And we're going to be watching James Conrad feature tonight. And it's his birthday, so it should be a lot of... Dig it, dig it, dig it. All right. right. Have a good one. Happy New Year, everyone. Bye. podcast about everything under the moon held every Moonday night at 8 o'clock to 10 o'clock p.m. here on Mutiny Radio. Hosts of Moonday Night School are Joanna Bateman, Meredith Slaughter, Andrea Costa, and Catherine Sandretto. Night School runs solely on donations. If you would like to donate to continue the support of this radio station, go to mutinyradio.fm and find the donate button. We sure appreciate it. Thank you so much. Wow, I can't believe you gave that much. You are going to heaven for sure.
the bi-monthly comedy show, 33 Tahama, hosted by Meredith Slaughter, Chris Riggins, and a bunch of other cool comedy cats in the city? You haven't? Well, you should check it out because it is the best stand-up this city has to offer. 33 Tahama, twice a month in the financial district of San Francisco. You won't regret it. Oh, and Joanna Bateman's doing her one-woman show this month at Mutiny. Look up Joanna Bateman's one-woman show on Facebook for more information. There, Moonday Nighters. In honor of the summer heat that has swept the San Francisco fog out from wherever it usually is to somewhere far away and blasted this sweltering heat onto us all, tonight's SoundCloud playlist will feature. The Afro-inspired beats of dub reggae. And if we get there, some powerful songs by M.I.A. But first, enjoy our Monday Night School playlist on SoundCloud. And stay hydrated. I mean it. With electrolytes. Put a little salt in your water if you have to. Stand in front of the fan. Get some water from the jug that they put out beside the bar. Throw the water up in the air and stand underneath it as it falls on your face. I don't care if it gets on your friend's shirt. She'll understand. She's probably on drugs anyways. All right. Enjoy tonight's playlist. We'll be right with you.
Oh 
Monday Night School is brought to you by Big Little Bowl. Big Little Bowl is a soup company that makes soup in Berkeley, and it's delicious. They are proud to offer Big Little Bowl soup to everyone in the Bay Area. It is a zero-waste program, and the soup is made locally with organic vegetables and free of animal products. They also use reusable containers and deliver by bicycle to reduce toxic impact on the planet. Every bowl is created with the highest intention for global transformation. I myself received this bowl at Yoga Tree Valencia on Sunday morning, and it was butternut squash bowl with the intention to share my gift with those who wanted to receive it, and it tasted delicious. Our bodies are constellations of trillions of cells. How can we support the health and wellness of this galaxy within? Nutritionists and biologists give us four keys to improve cellular health: increase hydration, promote nutrition, reduce toxins, and quality rest. Amazingly, these same principles for cellular health also apply to the health of our planet. When we apply these principles to our bodies, we also affect the health of the planet. Optimizing cellular health is a wonderful gift of life that we can give ourselves and the earth. At Big Little Bowl, they want to help realize our individual and collective power to create a healthy and beautiful world for future generations. They want to inspire us to nourish our body, strengthen our community, and detoxify the planet one bowl at a time. Order soup at BigLittleBowl.com. Find them on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Big Little Bowl. That's B-I-G Little Bowl.
your boy Sifo here here to let you know that the fifth annual mutiny radio comedy festival is march 1st through 7th 2020 with special podcasts and comedy shows 10 a.m to 10 p.m all week get your tickets now on eventbrite just search mutiny radio and get ready for 76 comics from all over the u.s coming for 66 programs in seven days all here at 2781 21st street in the heart of the mission or if you can't be with us listen live or podcast from anywhere in the world at www.mutinyradio.fm Join us March 1st to 7th for these amazing events. 
What kind of a future? Law Tigers, we fight for motorcyclists. We're not just motorcycle lawyers, we're part of the riding community. Law Tigers watches over riders. If you're injured in a motorcycle accident, we'll help you get your motorcycle repaired or replaced and assist you with your damaged gear too. We're by your side every step of the way. With the Law Tigers, you never ride alone. If you're injured in a motorcycle accident, call 1-800-LAW-TIGERS or visit us on the web at lawtigers.com. The Law Tigers, California's motorcycle lawyer. Victor Terrace, Harris Law Firm, LLP, 180 Permanent Circle, Suite 300, Sacramento, California, 95834. San Francisco, Mutiny Radio. San Francisco, Mutiny Radio. Listen to live streaming radio or download a podcast and you can listen on the go. Listen to live streaming radio or download a podcast and you San Francisco Mutiny Radio. San Francisco Mutiny Radio. Mutinyradio.fm. Why not make a donation? Mutinyradio.fm. Streaming live the station. Mutinyradio.fm. District of. Six o'clock, it's Friday night, it's time for Happy Hour, the happiest two hours of comedy you can ever experience ever in the history of ever in San Francisco in the deep mission district of San Francisco here at MutinyRadio.fm. Your guest host tonight, he's a cutie patootie. Put your hands together, everyone, for Sam Carroll! 